What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is Writing Excuses, episode 16. 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. And I didn't announce the name of this one because it's an acronym and I want to give Howard the opportunity to tell us what it is. Big Hawk. We're going to talk about Big Hawk. What is that? Butt in chair, hands on keyboard. Okay. This is my surefire cure for writer's block. Okay. You can't write if you do not have your butt in your chair, and your hands on your keyboard. Okay, so we're gonna talk about overcoming writer's block and just getting the writing done. So let's get into it. How, what stories do you guys have? Well, I wanted this one to kind of talk about our own experiences. What times have you been hit with writer's block and how did you overcome it? Any of you, any of you have a story? I'll start. For me, uh, writer's block is either a case of I don't want to write right now, or I can't figure out how to write what I think comes next. Mm -hmm. The first step for me is sitting down in front of the keyboard, butt in chair, hands on keyboard, and thinking to myself, all right, what? Oh, okay, so I really don't want to write. That's the problem. Right. If that's the problem, I'll, I'll get up and do something else. Mm -hmm. I'll solve whatever other problem needs to be solved. Uh, unless I recognize that this is really my job and I need to keep planted <laughs> here, which is kind of the point of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and so I put my hands on the keyboard and think, all right, I, I don't know what comes next. Fine, I'll write something else. Okay. And that's where, for me, the overcoming writer's block is the most... Uh, See, now, <clears throat> I've hit that kind of writer's block before, and we, we can talk about it more, but I'm seeing a division here. There's the writer's block of you sit down and you're like, ah... I don't know what to do. But I've also hit another type. Maybe this isn't writer's block, but where I've been writing along and I just start thinking, this is crap. This is total crap. <laughs> and that ruins my, ability, my, my desire to write 
just because I, it's not that I'm not writing something, it's that I can't keep going, keep going forward. And for me, that's a completely different problem. Let's talk about the first one. You sit there, you look at the blank, blank page, and you can't get anything written. What do you do? Dan, what do you do when you sit down and you look at the blank page? I, I think for, for most people, for me certainly, uh, the, pro the core problem there is that we expect writing to be easy, and it's not. And so we sit down and we think, the words just aren't flowing, I'm not in the zone. Well, you know, that doesn't always happen. It That's the bird by bird philosophy. <laughs> you heard the of what? that? Uh, the bird by bird philosophy. There's a great book about writing called Bird by Bird. I can't even remember what the name of the author is, but I've read it. And I actually do enjoy it a lot. But it is more of the talking about writing as this sort of organic um, expression. And, you know, we talked about it before. The reason I brought up that podcast where I talked about the difference between thinking as a professional and thinking as an artist because as a professional, you can't let yourself sometimes think that way. Mm -hmm. You have to produce if you want to yeah. do this. Well, and, and so that's why I was saying you, you can't expect writing to be easy. Mm -hmm. Nothing worthwhile is easy. Um, and so for me, the way to overcome that is if I honestly just can't think of what I'm supposed to be writing right now, free write. Okay. I think with my fingers so much better than, than with my hands. Okay. Uh, than with my brain. I can't think with my brain right now at all, unfortunately. I think with my fingers very well. So if I'm sitting there thinking, what should I write next? It's not going to happen. Right. But if I'm writing something, even if it's crap and I know it's crap that I'm going to delete, then at least it gets my brain going and okay. it gets me into it. For me, I found that um, one of the main tricks that gets me writing is to go back and read something I wrote the day before. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard that a lot of authors do this. Write yourself into it conceptually. Um, start typing, or just read and start editing and get yourself into the mindset. Works almost every time for me. You know, that's my routine daily, mm -hmm. is I will sit down, I will review what I did last time, fix a couple of spelling errors, yeah. and then by the time I get to the end, I'm in the right place yeah. and I just keep going. I think I should throw out a couple of don'ts. Okay. Don't open your web browser. <laughs> don't open your email. Solitaire. Mm -hmm. Don't open solitaire. In fact, the ritual for me when mm -hmm. I need to be working, whether I'm writing or in some cases, the, the, it, it's like colorist's block for me yeah. when I have to be coloring. The ritual for me is closing all of those applications and acknowledging I'm sitting in front of the computer. I'm supposed to be doing something. Yeah. What application's left? Oh, this one. Oh, that's right. And it's a, it's a stupid mental tool, but uh, it, it works. You know, I feel just a tad hypocritical here because I've found that in my writing life, every writer is different. And with me, my first hour is usually the least productive. My second hour is much more productive. And by the time I hit the third or fourth hour, I'm churning out tons of pages. And those first hours, it's sometimes maybe too easy to let myself get distracted. Maybe it's because I get to do this you know, full time for a living. I know I've got four or five hours of time. So if I'm gonna waste time, it's at the beginning. And I feel probably I should be more productive, but I let myself goof off a little you know less if that works progressively. For you, if that works for you, that's yeah. great. The problem is, and I'm sure many listeners yeah. can sympathize, when you open up a web browser and think, oh, I wanted to check on this one yeah. thing. You check on the one thing and you look up and 45 minutes have passed. Right. Mm -hmm. Now you've, now you've well, screwed up. Well, particularly when you aren't, you aren't writing where you have five hours of uninterrupted time, like I yes. do every day. Um, and we wanna, I want to talk about this topic. Someone mentioned a, a post on, our, um, on, on the, the board once asking about this, asking how you find inspiration to write when you're mixing with a job. And I think it's very different. Um, situation. I think it might be appropriate to talk about it now. Dan, how do you mix having a full-time job and writing? How do you find time? You have to be much more productive, I assume. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, my case is uh, is I maybe a little unique because I'm actually a writer in my day job as well. Mm -hmm. I've been a corporate slash marketing writer for about nine, ten years, and uh, I write all day at work, and then I come home and eat dinner and play with my kids and put them to sleep, and then I write all night. Yeah. And uh, it can be very difficult because I get burned out. I've stared at a computer screen all day. I've been typing all day. I've been trying to think of things to say, and when I go home, it's it's essentially doing exactly the same thing. Um, the ways that I have been able to overcome that, first of all, is just mentally reminding myself that what I do at work is for somebody else and what I do at home is for me. Mm. And I have found that if I'm not doing that for me, then I'd start to get very depressed and surly in the rest of my life. And so okay. I need to go home, I need to be creating and making my thing that I have control over. So maybe what you're saying here is sometimes writer's block might be related to your motivations when you're writing. Yeah. Why mm -hmm. are you writing? Um, and you know what in your life is making you do it, and if nothing is really making you do it, if you're, you're not making yourself do it, then there may be a reason why it's not happening. I had a problem this last week where I had written a week of script uh, prior, and they'd come out okay, but I, it, I seemed to kind of be marking time. Mm -hmm. I hadn't yet arrived, the, the, the toughs had not yet arrived at their destination, and I dug into the problem and realized that the problem was in my mind, the space station was a giant, you know, 60 kilometer long cigar mm -hmm. spun along its central axis for gravity, which is unusual in the Schlock Mercenary universe. But I, I found it very interesting. I was fascinated with that. And the thing that was hanging me up, and it's going to be silly, the thing mm -hmm. that was hanging me up is that I did not know off the top of my head how to do the math to figure out how fast it was spinning. Mm -hmm. Once I drilled down <laughs> and, and realized, oh wait, that's the problem. My problem is I need to know how fast it is spinning. Then I allowed myself to open up the web browser, Google, did okay. some research, did the math, found out how fast it was spinning. And what's funny is that once I was able to say, oh, the, the outside edge of that is moving at 171 meters per second with respect to the center. That's 380 miles an hour. That's, wow, that's neat. Mm -hmm. And suddenly the <laughs> ideas exploded and the scripts unfolded and it was great fun. But I had to identify what it was that was blocking me. And what was blocking me is, I don't want to do math. <laughs> mm -hmm. But until I do the math, I don't get to do the writing. Yeah. All right, time for the tour book of the week. This week, we're um, promoing Little Brother by Cory Doctorow. From Cory Doctorow comes Little Brother, a timely, fast-moving adventure story. Brian K. Vaughn calls it a worthy younger sibling to Orwell's 1984. Big Brother is watching. Bet on the kid. Little Brother by Cory Doctorow, new and hardcover from Tor Team. I found something, just a very interesting situation. As, I, as I've, my, I've transitioned through my life, I started working as a desk clerk at a hotel. That's when I started writing. Um, I would spend my time, every night I'd go and I'd write at work, and then, you know, I'd go to school during the day. Um, and I found that my writing time was much more precious to me then. And because of that, I found that I was more productive. You know, if I, if I only had a couple of hours to write at work, I somehow would get the same amount done than if I had five hours to write at work. And nowadays, if I'm really busy, like for instance, this week I've been doing, um, I've been grading papers, which I hate doing. It's taking a lot of my time. I found that the few hours I can find time to write, suddenly I'm way more productive. And what that says to me is, this is psychosomatic. Even on someone, for someone like me who's pretty in control of when they write and when they don't and, and has good motivations, I can, something can force myself to do that. You need schedule pressure. Yeah. You and, need schedule pressure. And that's one of the traps of 
full-time writing, full-time yeah. creating, is that your schedule is suddenly, oh, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. And for some of us, that is deadly poison. That just doesn't work. Well, see, but how, I see that um, a lot of aspiring writers have the same problem in that they don't have to publish. They don't have any upcoming deadline. There's nothing pushing them, and so they don't write. You, That's yeah. what NaNoWriMo's for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. National Novel Writing Month in mm -hmm. November. Uh, happens every November. And the goal is 50,000 words in the month of yeah. November. Yeah, I, I see a lot of writers take writing classes. Like, I was, I was talking to a friend who said, you know, in her master's program, most of the people she meet are taking, getting a master's in creative writing to force themselves to write. Mm -hmm. What I want to say to the people listening is there's got to be a better way. There's got to there be a does. better way there does. than taking a class or even the NaNoWriMo. How do you do it? How do you force yourself to use that time actively to write? Any, any tips? How do you force yourself to exercise? How do you force mm. yourself to diet? How do you force yourself to spend quality time with your children? Yeah. Um, anything that you know is important to you, that you know has payoffs, but that has unpleasant or you know, otherwise aspects that turn you away from it. How do you make yourself do that? You have to be, you have to be goal driven or you need some sort of external pressure. For okay. me, setting a schedule provides the external pressure. What about you, Dan? I think another big part of it is uh, making sure that, that, you're, that you have a good motivation. Back to that. that when you say to yourself, why am I writing this book? If the answer is because I need to finish it, that's not a very fun answer. That's not mm -hmm. a very good answer even. Um, even if it's true, you need another answer beyond that. Because I'm really excited about how it ends. Right. Because I really want these characters to get together. Because, because I really want this story must be to told. Die. Right. Yes. Those are the answers. And if you're you know, not in that place yeah. in your head, then you need to rethink about it and say, well, maybe my story's not exciting enough. Can I change it here? Can I do this? What can I do to make sure the answer to that question intrigues me? It sounds cheesy, but those are exactly things that were going on in my head. When, you know, I, I wrote 13 mm -hmm. books before I got published. And I look back and say, okay, how, you know, I was able to consistently get my butt in the chair and my hands on the keyboard um, to write 13 epic fantasy books at around 1,000 oh, pages over long. Over how much, how many years? Eight uh, years? Eight years. 1,000 pages long, Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and how was I doing this? And part of it was what Dan said, the endings. I love endings. I love the endings in my books. And I'll often come up with the endings first. And the motivation to get to that ending pushes me through the entire book. You've already licked the frosting off the cake. Yeah. Now, now you must yeah. eat mm -hmm. the rest of the cake. <laughs> wow. And I, I will tell our listeners, there is nothing, nothing as cool as holding that book in your hands. It doesn't have to be published. It doesn't have to be an, have an editor's validation stamp on it. But when you can print that thing off and have the whole thing in your fingers and hold it up and say, I did this, that's, that I think was part of my motivation all those years. And then, of course, was the, the big motivation of I didn't want to ever have to have a desk job. I didn't mm -hmm. want a real job. Um, and I managed to, to somehow pull this off that I didn't ever really have a real job. I don't know if you count desk clerk at a hotel. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. there are people we'll who do that their job. whole lives. Yeah. It's a real job. Well, see, but the night guy. It's not cubicle yeah, work. It's not cubicle work. I got to stay away from mm -hmm. that. Well, and for a lot of people, you know, back to my situation, doing both at the same time, yeah. that's a huge motivation for me is that I know that I don't want to be doing both at the same time for the rest of my life. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm going to keep one, I'd sure like it to be novel writing. How'd you do I it? found that my commutes home from Novell, mm -hmm. I was decompressing. And often, if I let myself think about the software business, uh, I would get home angry. Mm. If I let myself think about 
you know, what happens next to Tagon's Tufts? What does Schlock do next? If I let myself have those thoughts on the commute, I arrived home in a much better mood. The key thing for me, and this was an unfortunate thing for my family, is that in order to write effectively, I had to get home from the commute and immediately go downstairs writing. and start writing. Yeah. So for four years, the family did not see very much of me. And mm. that's four years of time with them I'm not getting back. Or maybe I'm getting it back now, I'm not sure. Yeah. But You get uh, to work from home now if you want, so yeah. you may be able to turn it back. All right, um, anyone got any final words on this topic? Um, I've, I've wanted to, to do something at the ends of podcasts. I think we'll segue into it now. I'm thinking it'll be kind of cool to end each podcast with a little bit of a writing prompt. This is writing excuses. We mm -hmm. want to give people excuses to write, reasons to write. And so we'll try and leave you with the write, writing prompt each week. Um, this week, I want to do, let's see, I'll, I'll just do one this week, all right? Okay. okay. So um, write a story about something, something unusual stopping a novelist from finishing his or her book, okay? Just a concept, not a first line, but there's a novelist, they're writing their book, they've got their butt in the chair, they're typing, something unusual stops them. All right? We'll come back next week. Thanks. This has been Writing Excuses. This podcast is brought to you by Tor, a leading publisher of science fiction and fantasy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.